Bam. Okay. There it is. Busy day. Back in Korea. Let's see how many in here. Let's share this link around. Two. Hmm. All the different groups. Melonheads back on Twitter. Don't like the guy, but he shouldn't have been banned. And we all know they didn't care about all the crazy stuff he used to say. They didn't care what he said. He actually was doing them a favor by diverting so much energy into the people barking up the wrong tree. Because when he started supporting Trump, that they decided to go after Alex Jones. And all they had to do was pick something. They decided to Sandy Hook. You know, since he was like telling everybody they're a bunch of crisis actors, then he lied about it to Elon Musk. I mean, he's, he's on film saying it's fake and whatever. He's a liar. <clears throat> but um, they didn't care when he was doing that. They didn't care about his earth, earthquake machines or <laughs> any of the wild stuff he told people. His airplane denial and so on. It's when he supported Trump that they went after him. And of course, they banned Trump too. He's leftist, woke, the woke mind virus all over social media is just a shining example of how the most intolerant wins. Whichever group is more intolerant will end up with everything. Like if they're willing to censor and you are not, then you will get censored and they won't. And you're just handing them control. And you get these naive people who are like, well, I'm for free speech, absolutely. And yeah, me too. But guess what? They aren't. <clears throat> and they have such a head start that I would not be against banning some of these left-wing uh, weirdos and fanatics like Netanyahu and these people that that are breaking the rules. You're not supposed to advocate violence. And I think advocating genocide should get you yanked. If not banned, at least suspended. Like, hey, take a month off, buddy. You know? Because everyone reasonable was censored for years. And even though they've been brought back to platforms like Twitter and only Twitter, they're still censored everywhere else. Um, the competition has such a head start. So I think a little bit, a little Temporary period of adjustment would be fine. Anyway, old Melonhead's back. First thing he did is went out and says CNN is funded by Gulf State Arab dictators. <laughs> now, I'm not a fan of Gulf State Arab dictators, but that is not who finances CNN. <laughs> That's not who owns CNN either. It's Warner Brothers. The CEO is not Arab. It's he's Jewish, actually. The um, principal financiers are the T Rowe Group and Vanguard, uh, both owned and operated by Jews. And the CEO of Rowe also is the principal investor into United Jewish Appeal, which is an outfit from the Sunborn Institute. That has the had Charles Bronfman, for example, as its president. 
his family financed the Nexium cult as well as Jeffrey Epstein. The another uh, president was Rabbi Herbert Friedman, who was the co-president of the Wexner Foundation, uh, of its foundation. And uh, of course, Les Wexner was also a financier of Jeffrey Epstein. So you start to see, it's never very far away from these blackmail child rape rings and the people that finance the news. And they're not Gulf State Arab dictators. These are Judeo-Nazis, you can call them. I love that term, Judeo-Nazi. <laughs> That's Netanyahu and his little merry band of terrorists. Illegal weapon smuggling, child trafficking, child murdering, organ trafficking, you name it. That's Likud. That's you Judeo-Nazis. And Alex Jones is there to swerve you away from that and blame it on the anything else. The Bavarian death cult, Luciferian, NWO, globalists, elites. Uh, what's his other words? He's got a whole bunch of little phrases to avoid saying Zionist. Or he'll play the Chicoms or the Arabs who he thinks own Hollywood. He will Ryan, not go after it, Jewish power. What's up? It's the it's the inner. Uh, try again. <laughs> I didn't hear that at all. Uh, Ryan, I have a question for you. I want to. Know Sorry, my my headphones suck. I said it's the interdimensional clockwork elves. Oh, yes. On Joe Rogan on the 911th episode, he decides to go after the clockwork elves opening up a gate to let demons back in or whatever. But his family personally went in on a suicide mission against the Nazis and the space aliens. Dude is... Yeah, fuck him. Entertaining. I mean, look, he's pro-gun. He's against the illegals crossing the border. There are some things we can agree on. But he's just so crazy. Especially when it comes to things like September 11th, which he just got everyone completely cuckoo on. A school shooter denier. Anything that happens, he thinks it's to take our guns. Um, it's just it's off-putting because you get people who doubt the government, doubt mainstream media, and then they get sucked into Jonestown four, five, six years of running around in circles without being able to understand anything because that's his job. Is to take the dissidents and get it, turn it into a dog chasing its tail because now you're ineffective. Go yell at buildings or whatever, screaming 9 11's inside job or something, building seven. He won't even admit airplanes are used on the Pentagon. He's just melonhead. And he, he always says the same thing Hegelian dialectic. He uses that term incorrectly. He talks about the Reichstag fire, which was not a false flag. That was an arsonist. The, the Germans did not do that to themselves and blame it on someone else. <sighs> He's just, uh, I can't even. He's my mortal enemy. And a lot of people love him because they don't know, they don't see through his shit. They think he's like standing up against the government and he, he was attacked by the Matrix or whatever. He got censored. Because his fathers went in and set fire to a pizza parlor because he told them they had a tunnel underneath it going to an orphanage for child trafficking. None of that was true. And his fathers harassed the family members of the victims of Sandy Hook because they thought it was a bunch of crisis actors and it was all fake. I mean, he does bear some responsibility for when you know you're reaching millions of people and you say outlandish shit like that over and over again that some of them are going to act on it. 
it's it's unclear. It's like, well, he didn't do it. They did. You know, it's like what to do, but own up to it at least. He won't. He denies it. And that's what's the most pathetic. Just say you got Sandy Hook completely wrong. Admit it. Don't act like you didn't say he didn't do those things. <laughs> he absolutely did. It digs at me, man. And when Trump came on as talking about the dancing Arabs, he should have said, actually, they were Israelis. We all know that Alex knows that they were dancing Israelis. But he won't touch it. And I think he's been compromised. Because he's not stupid. He's not ignorant. He knows the truth. And he will. He utterly refuses to say it. Hey, Ryan. So what, all what this you... crap. Hold on, hold on. All this crap. Oh, I'm a patriot. Blah, 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 like, No, you're not. You completely refuse to tell your audience the truth about these events. What's up? Uh, um, hey, Ryan. Um, I want to get your take on uh, why is someone smart like Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate are promoting Alex Jones? Like, do they they think, <clears throat> I think like, I like Andrew and Tristan so much, but like promoting someone like Alex Jones that wants to carpet bomb Gaza is just something that doesn't... I don't think they heard him say he wants to Moab, Gaza. Over, I mean, I'm going to make sure they do see it because I'll send it to Andrew, but Look, smart people, like a lot of smart people like Bernie Sanders. Why? Because they don't know that he's a warmongering lunatic and all that. Like, they fall for the rhetoric, you know? And I think sometimes people need a hero on the hill so bad. Like, they want a teammate. Like, they want someone next to them in the Calvary. And Alex Jones, the character, is supposed to be this guy. He's like a founding father type that's going against the Matrix or the Illuminati, you know. That would be so cool if it was true, but it isn't. And I don't think they know. I think because they blew up all within like a two year period. So before that, they're just kickboxing and doing whatever, you know. And Alex Jones, when he was a Trump pansy, wasn't all bad. Like he was say he said, you know, the Syrian war is shit. There's no reason for it. Blah, 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 blah. Like generally, he's against all the wars. Alex Jones is not like on completely you know, in the bad guy realm or something. He's pretty good on most things, except when it comes to Israel. And I think they, you know, got him on tape taking a wank or something because he completely takes a swerve on Israeli crimes about 9-11, about he, the Iraq war. He won't touch Israel. He just acts like it's oil or whatever. He does his typical stuff. But at least he's against these wars. And at least he's against the war, like Ukraine. He's a good on that. But goddamn, when it comes to Gaza... He's awful. His suggestion this year, this isn't old footage or something, this year after October was to routinely Moab, that means the mother of all bombs, in rows, Gaza Strip, and destroy it inch by inch. That's what he said. If that's not a cry for help, it's like worse than Jordan Peterson. Like Jordan Peterson said some good advice sometimes and then completely just like got bent over a barrel Yes, sir, may have another for Israel. And I, you know how these people operate. They gather sexual blackmail on people, and that's all I can think of. It's like, what happened to you, Alex? Because you used to talk about the abuse Palestinians went through. You used to admit it. I know you know better. So the only thing I can think of, you're not, it's not because you got paid off. You had plenty of money, and now you have none. So you don't gain anything by it. I think the only thing he had left is his reputation, and he doesn't want that shattered by whatever they have over him. 
But as far as why the Tates like him, I think it's the same reason why smart people like leftists sometimes. Like, they don't know enough about him. Yeah, and what's what's your take on what's um like the field updates when, in terms of like northern Gaza and the last video that um, they published, like Hamas published, like destroying some tanks and you know firing RPGs on uh, soldiers and stuff. Um, I've I've read some articles of that like hospitals in Israel like are um, taking sixty wounded or like killed soldiers a day, um, and it's the the numbers are going up in terms of um, casualties for the Israeli. Some of that's from the north too. Some of that's Hezbollah, but most of it's in Gaza Strip, and their complaints from uh, tank brigades about how many of their tanks are getting hit. And it, the RPG-7 or the Yasin-105 is not always able to get through the armor and, and blow them up inside the tank, but it is causing a lot of energy in injuries and sometimes it gets through if they get it right on the engine in the sweet spot and they can blow it up and kill them um some of them are stepping on ieds and some are just getting shot so but the tanks unfortunately they get hit they get disabled they might knock a tread off or screw it up but they can tow that away and go repair it um but it's almost 400 vehicles, not 400 tanks, probably a couple dozen tanks, but bulldozers and transport vehicles and things like that that have been getting dismantled or blown up. One got taken out in Janine, refugee camp. They hit it with an IED. That was on film. Hard to know how many casualties there are from this. Uh, people were talking about Americans going in. They're not... It's not American soldiers. It's American Jews who went to Israel to join the army to fight in Gaza on their own. And yeah, and they've gotten killed too. So have British. British guy got killed a couple of days ago. As did the guy back on the 25th. He was talking about it's my daughter's birthday. Let me blow up some buildings. The 25th of November, he did that. And then a couple of days ago, he got a, a bullet in the brain. Yeah, I've seen that. And he also, there's, um, I think Israel is losing on the in the intelligence war because um, they're actually cherry picking um, officers and they're sniping them. And, um, you know, the, the ex-chief of staff of the Israeli army, I think something like that, his son died as well in northern Gaza. And his uh, niece, uh, nephew, I think, also got shot. Um, so it seems like they're, they know who they're shooting. They're not just shooting anyone. Well, they shoot the officers, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm sure the nepotism probably had them ranking a little higher where they shouldn't be and they make mistakes, but, um, I think we got to talk about the civilians. They paraded around and said Hamas surrendered and they took all their clothes off, put their underwear and then they had them go lay guns down in a pile. Like, Oh, really? You. You hadn't disarmed them yet. They you, you got all their clothes off and then had them go lay the gun down. And one guy that it's on film, he has the gun in his right hand, and they made him do it again with the gun in his left hand. It's like take two, take three. It's such propaganda. And none of those guys were Hamas fighters. There's some Unwar school where they arrested the employees. 
So, and they've been identified. Like that's an Al Jazeera journalist. That's this guy. That's this other guy. They know their names. They're not Hamas soldiers, which means Israel has nothing real to point to. They don't have any. They didn't get any Hamas soldiers to surrender. October 7th, they killed some, but no one surrendered. And why would they? I mean, they were definitely willing to die. I mean, the whole purpose of their life, if you grew up in those conditions, would be to kill Israelis. Like, why surrender? Oh, I mean, and you know what would happen to a Hamas fighter if he surrendered, went to prison, he'd get tortured to death anyway. So there's no way they're going to give up. And and his whole family would be kidnapped. Yeah, I mean, look, Israel, it's not like, well, if you do this, we'll do that. They are already went to the point of murdering kids in sleeping in their beds. So you can't negotiate from there, you know? If you're willing to just hit apartments with missiles and artillery and kill whoever's inside, uh, then nothing matters. Like Hamas can do whatever it wants. You're like, well, if you do that, we'll start killing these civilians. Well, you already started with killing civilians. So you can't then say... Do this or else. You went full retard on your opening salvo. You know, it's like, well, you're gonna kill them anyway, so we're gonna stay in these tunnels and pop out and kill you. And it's, it would be something else if they weren't killing any civilians and they were trying to get in the tunnels. They're like, you know, what? if you don't come out, we'll start shooting civilians. But that's not what happened. They started shooting civilians. Then they said, come out. <laughs> I said, no way. <laughs> they killed them anyway. They'd killed over 200 Palestinians this year before October 7th. Oh, yeah. That's a family tradition within the Zionist family. That's not it's every something... year. I mean, yeah. And, and so many get arrested over nothing. And so many have lost their homes. Especially in the West Bank. Excuse my ignorance on this. My bad. Excuse my ignorance on this. But how does Israel think that it's their land when it's really been Palestine's land this whole time? Like, what entices them to really think that? Religion. They think that, <laughs> they think that according to their storybook that, well, well, let's let's not be mean. According to the Torah, the holy text, which I call a storybook. Um, this guy named Jacob had a wrestling match with an angel, and then afterward, a deity granted the land to their ethnic group that other people already lived on. But then 3,000 or 2,000 years passed. We don't know because it's a made-up story. It never happened anyway. And in the 1940s, when Jewish diaspora from Europe were moving to Palestine, they decided, you know what? This used to be a Jewish kingdom, according to these fairy tales, Therefore, through the magic of, I don't know, dumbassery, this is now our land because it's supposed to be ours since God gave it to us. And these other people who are living here, well, they just got to go somewhere else because clearly God wants us to have this land. And that is the rationale. God gave it to me. I don't know why they couldn't just both live on the land or, you know, buy the land like any other transaction. You buy private property, build a house, and you could immigrate that way. No, no, they steal it and say, 
some divinity granted them this in a book. So steal it and play yeah, victim just, Yeah, they're just like, well, that's ours. I mean, it's it's really stupid. I mean, it's like it'd be like Middle Easterners going into Europe and saying our book said this is our land and uh, you got to get off it and go where? Uh, go to go down to Gaza Strip. Yeah. The, you know, there probably were Jews living, some, you know, a few living in the Middle East since ancient times, as there have been many other groups, Zoroastrian and Christians and Muslims and whatever, you know, and some Arabs, some Egyptians, some this, some that, Africans, blah, 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 blah. But the, you don't racially inherit land and you don't theologically inherit land. Land is owned by your family as like private property. <laughs> you know how it is, but they don't think like that. They think land's granted to ethnic groups. Like you, you inherit it and it doesn't matter how much space between. So technically native Americans could also claim parts of Siberia. And I don't know, maybe Italians could go reclaim stuff. Rome used to own a thousand years ago or less even. It's really stupid, but they just think it's a Jewish state for their people. God said so, and uh, they can just take it. Now, they'll allow some Arabs to live there as a minority and do, you know, someone has to do the construction work and the, the hard labor and stuff. It's interesting, too, because they had all these field hands in Thailand. If you look at the hostages that were grabbed right adjacent to Gaza Strip, the first ones they let out were all these men from Thailand. Uh, what are all these men from Thailand doing in these kibbutzes? They're the farm labor. Because the Israelis aren't going to do work, like outside work. No. that It's practically slavery. They get paid, but not very much, you know. It's just slave labor from Asia for these chosenites that get a free house that someone else built for their own family and got removed. And so they get to go live there and they can uh, hire a some men from Thailand to do the field work. That's what they were doing. And the, and the also the Zionists see everyone else who is not a Zionist as a subhuman. Like they don't, they just come up and say, "Oh, these group of people are just human animals," and that's how they brainwash people and just not feeling sorry for them when they die. Sometimes, including other Jews. Like even like if an Ethiopian Jew who is of the Jewish faith believes in Moses and all that stuff, they don't acknowledge it. They're like, nah, you're not a real Jew. It's weird. It's I call it ethno socialism. It's socialist because you have the state redistributing property, but they do it along ethnic lines. Yeah, if you're, if you're like a Reutemann, uh, homeless guy from Poland, that's fine. But any anywhere else, yeah, it's debatable. Yeah, that's how they see it. Stuff. So unfortunately, yeah, you have like, the right to return when you might not even speak Hebrew or Yiddish. You you could be from Brooklyn, New York, or something, and been there five generations, and you get to quote unquote return to Israel if you're a Jew, get a free house as a settler, but your family could be in there with continuity for 800 years or more, whatever. And if you leave, you can't come back if you're Palestinian. They don't have right of return. But you can get a free trip. Birthright Israel will pay for it. 
just by being claiming to be a Jew and get to live in Israel. Just know that you'll be squatting on somebody's home that was confiscated or that they bulldozed down and built a new one on top of. It's really unbelievable that this kind of thing can happen in a modern era, but it does because almost no one knows that it is happening since the news won't report it. But if you look at the ownership of the three-letter networks, it's, um, well, it's it's not owned by uh, the left-handed Eskimo, let's just say. It's not owned by Palestinians. And it's Zionist from top to bottom. Jewish supremacists. Most of the fascists, fascist Italy, fascist Germany, Imperial Japan, were defeated in World War II. Only one fascist party survived and thrived, and that was the Zionist. They have the exact same ideology as a Nazi, only they choose Team Jew instead of Team Aryan. And the Ergens actually did work with the Nazis in the 1930s. Well, yeah, they had that VAR agreement to. They wanted any reason to get Jewish diaspora thrown out of wherever they're from to immigrate to Palestine so that they could have a Jewish majority demographic for a Jewish state. And they were, yes, they did work with Nazis. They worked, they had Operation Magic Carpet in Yemen too. And they even bombed and attacked Jews in Morocco, Algeria, and other places. These are Jews attacking other Jews to make it the case that, oh, look, see, it's unsafe unless you come to Israel. Forced migration through terrorism to Israel so that they could take over their land because they wanted the Holy Land because it's in line with their dogmatic religious belief. And once they were there, they started burning Christian churches and smashing Christian relics. Christians are okay with relics, you know. That's and they can be. That's their religion. They want to have a cross and Jesus. They can, you know. They don't consider it adultery. And these Zionists smashed and burned them. Now, majority Muslim population had been in control of Palestine for over nine hundred years. And all those churches were there, and no one messed with them. But as soon as the Zionists got in charge, uh, really priceless pieces of history went up in smoke. They even burned the Church of Miracles. And in Gaza, just recently, they blew up a Greek Orthodox church that was like centuries old. It's all gone, rubble. Sad. It reminds me of ISIS in Palmyra, Syria, just destroying things, or in Afghanistan, blowing up all those Buddhist statues. Like, you don't need to be Buddhist or whatever. That was a piece of human history. A millennia old. And he blew it up. Yeah, and actually in Islam, it's forbidden to touch any religious kind of... Um, property for any religion you know like it's not something that um anyone yes it's desecration yeah yep and they burned 
holy books, uh, holy sites. They spit on Christians. It's, uh, what is this video? Someone said. Yeah, Joe's eating something. Yeah, I'm just going to turn the camera off. <laughs> Doesn't you look know, good. They, I don't think a lot of Christians are aware of what, I mean, even one Christmas, they're not having Christmas this year again, but um, they arrested Santa Claus. They tore down the Christmas trees. They have a little Christmas parade. They have the nativity scene with Mother Mary and baby Christ and da 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 da. And the Zionist fanatics destroyed it and they arrested the Palestinian Santa Claus. I mean, the guy dressed as Santa Claus, whatever. Put him in handcuffs in front of the children and stuff. And it's. Okay, well, how, 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 how are they like that, but they have the highest homosexuality in fucking Tel Aviv and Israel? It's, it doesn't also make sense, does it? Because the Torah says any homosexual should be. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, technically their text is very much against homosexuality. But um, over time, I would argue religion is as religion does. And so they just, they pick the parts like in Deuteronomy that <laughs> that they like. As far as conquest and kill your enemies, even their children and livestock and everything. They like that stuff. But the parts telling them how to behave, they ignore it. And... Tel Aviv is the gayest place. I think it passed Sydney as the most homosexuals per capita in the world. And I think that may stem from self-worship. Because I don't think they their relationship with God is not like a lot of Christians and Muslims or other Hindu, whoever have a deity or deities. It's more of like the idea that their race was chosen and that they're better than others and they worship themselves and they don't really think about God very much at all. And they're very hedonistic. And if they want to, you know, create monkey pox, they will. And uh, hedonistic people, there's nobody more selfish than the gay community. These guys have like 200 boyfriends and are just uh, die in their 50s. They, it comes like hand in hand with recreational drug use. And it, I know there's some homosexuals that are totally not that way. And some of them I admire, like Justin Armando and Glenn Greenwald. And all. I'm just talking about the gay community, especially in Tel Aviv, is a very party going, um, flippant, you know, into the wind with all risks kind of thing. And they, you know, they end up paying consequences for having so many sexual partners. It means you share a lot of microbes and you, a lot of them get sick and um, more likely to spread HIV and AIDS and da, 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 da. So, you know, it's a hedonistic lifestyle. And it, I think they can get away with it because if you point out how a person's behaving, irrespective of them happening to be gay, they can use the gay thing as an excuse to go, oh, it's because I'm gay? Is that why? And then, you know, you're not allowed to criticize, well, why do you have over 100 partners? And that, you know, it's a way they can avoid responsibility. And you can see that with other things too, women, minorities, whatever. They can be like, it's because I'm black? Is it because I'm a woman? 
It's like, it's like, no, it's because you suck. No one cares if you're black or have a vagina or whatever. It's when you're using that as a means of uh, shucking responsibility and acting like people's behavior toward you is some product of racism or sexism or homophobia or whatever, when it's actually because you act like an asshole. Here's a funny joke. Why? <laughs> I go with me. Why are um why are gay people such jerks? Why? Because they're <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I know not all gays fuck ass. Like some of them just into smoking pole, whatever. But it's a joke. Yeah, that was good. But how do you think how do you think this will end, um, Ryan? Because the thing is, um, it, there's no way back from this, man. Like, there's no magic word or magic negotiation table that would resolve that peacefully. Because the Zionists actually do not listen and they do not understand except uh, fucking projectiles far, fired again. Like they don't. Them. It needs to be like Japan or Germany. Like they need to take an L to change their behavior. Unfortunately. By the way, no one should listen to me on this sociological question. I'm just giving my opinion. I am not a sociologist or anything. I'm just being funny. More of into politics and politics. But, like, I don't know why Tel Aviv has so many gays that I don't care. Um, you know, the less they reproduce, the better. Because these people are psychotic. But, yeah, nothing is going to change in Israel until they lose that parasite-host relationship with the United States. Like, that... When everything comes down to America enables all their bad behavior, like a spoiled child. They couldn't afford, they're already out of ammo. They have to get America to give them some more. They don't even, they've dropped every bomb. And we're yeah, not going to end the relationship between Israel and America until we end the monopoly, the Zionist Jewish monopoly of media. And that's starting to happen on X. Even though Musk, you know, is pretty hard on the Palestinians, um, he is allowing us to talk. So we'll see. Yeah, and um... they got Zio Jones back. All the Zionists were excited too. It's like he is just like these right wing Zionist Republican types. You know, they're they're against the the wokeism and they're against kind of like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro was very, you know anti-woke in the in a social sense you know like alex jones but then fully fully on board with israel killing kids and alex has said he's like arabs don't build anything they don't have any culture i mean he isn't like nuanced <laughs> guy is so dead wrong and i'm thinking blink twice you know if they I don't know. They're holding you hostage or something. They definitely got something over him. Because if you go back like 20 years ago, he would say, yeah, they're shooting Palestinians in the ball. I just made a video about this. Like, here's Alex then, here's Alex now. Notice the difference. Notice where he's talking about the abuse, and now he's talking about Moabing all of Gaza. Yeah. I, so there's I a lot of those. The Tommy Robinsons and all that. Like, there are people like who legitimately like i'm against illegal immigration but not for the same reasons as them you know i i feel like i don't it's not a religion or a race thing to me like i wouldn't have bought a bunch of french going into england either 
it would even though they're white like it just wouldn't be the same it's you can't have welfare and open borders at the same time it'll destroy the economy and they they're already seeing the strain from people living on the dole and no one wants to admit they're not living on the dole i'm like well a lot of them must be you look at the stats for latin americans on welfare and some of them have jobs but still collect welfare because they lie and say oh i don't have a job then they get a free check from the government and whatever they're getting paid in cash it's, it's detrimental to the economy. They're being used as exploited labor for giant corporations that pay them under the table. There's a lot of abuse going on there. And then we have open borders, easier for human trafficking, drugs, and lots of bad things. And you're never allowed to have this discussion and say why we need a tighter border because everyone's like, that's racist, which is such a stupid counterargument. But uh, when it comes to like Tommy Robinson and jones and a lot of these uh right-wing influencer stuff they really do hate muslims and they really are racist <laughs> and so that criticism fits the bill but i'm still against illegal migration for a completely separate set of reasons than these racist assholes but yeah when you look at shapiro and stuff he just doesn't want he doesn't want to see uh a burqa ever you know, he doesn't. He doesn't like the idea that different people can practice different cultures. Yeah, I, I believe, like you know, this. Um, like, I believe that the the only way Israel can be defeated um, without actually going and um, like harming Jewish people, because Jewish people are. There are good and bad in them. We're not talking about Jewish people. We're talking about Zionists, right? Like these maniacs, right-wing maniacs, right? So these guys should be, I think, I hope there is a, some sort of a counterattack, you know, and they can route them up, the IDF, and something happens, you know, something miraculously happening like that. And Isn't that and, fucked? Uh, like, they don't care about seeing children being pulled out of the rubble, you know, suffocated. They don't care about little kids or babies getting their legs blown off, and all that. None of the horror moves them. It's only when their people get killed, then it's a disaster and needs the end. So there, they, there's no empathy. There's no principles. It would only be if they started to lose on the battlefield that then they'd want to quit. And so you need Iron Dome to fail and all these rockets is just start landing and taking things out. That would do it. But it really is going to take outside pressure. Because it's like 90% of Israel plus wants to annihilate Gaza. They're mad at Netanyahu, but not because he's killing children. They're mad at him because he let October 7th happen. Yeah, and Netanyahu doesn't give a fuck about, you know, um, rescuing the hostages or whatever. Like, if he can, no. as Alex They're said, flooding the tunnels with water. And I yeah. thought, well, what if the hostages are in that tunnel? Well, they don't care. No, they're, they're just going to say Hamas killed them anyway, no matter what happens. Like, Hamas did it. Like, they've already decided that. Their lies are so bad. They... <laughs> I know the 40 beheaded babies. Blah, blah, blah. Anthony Blinken and these assholes are still repeating this Hasbara even now.
Do the Americans believe that? Well, can you hear me still? I agree with Mike Rivero. I don't think propaganda is designed to fool thinking people. I think it's designed to give fools an excuse not to think at all. People believe what they want to based on hate and prejudice. And so if you just give them some outlandish story, they're not they're if it fits with their worldview, they will believe it because they want to. They don't believe things based on truth or evidence. They believe whatever is psychologically gratifying. That's what it's real in my mind. That's how neurotic, psychotic people are. They don't have empathy. They don't have uh, rational deduction or any of the skills you can use to figure out what's, when something's true. It's just that sounds, that fits my worldview. So it has to be true. And anytime there's an event, right? Like if there's a school shooting and it could just be some nut shot some kid or whatever, all the gun people are going to be like, oh, this is a false flag to take our guns. And all the anti-Big Pharma people will be like, I bet that guy was on SSRIs and it, the drugs made him do it. And all the like people obsessed with race were like, I wonder if it was racially motivated. I bet he was killing people. For da, 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 da. And all the class people will be like, maybe he shot rich people or something. Like whatever they have already decided, they will paint on the event without knowing any of the facts and it could he could have been on drugs and he could have been a racist and he could all the stuff i said might be true but you don't know and you can't just assume it without getting the facts seeing the suicide notes seeing who they targeted seeing da, 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 da. no they've already decided a scenario and they're going to say that when any shooting happens anywhere and so you can see a lot of the whatever they think someone's motives are is is whatever they personally are having problems with rather than looking at the situation as it is as an individual event and i see that all the time with historical events it's called presentism where they put whatever our perspectives are now onto people in the past as if they're acting and thinking with the same kind of motives and ways that we think today they try to apply that to the past and it just doesn't work yeah and how how, how can an army like israel run out of 120 millimeter uh shells like they, they're not even fighting other tanks like they're not in in a tank battle they're just firing no they're just shooting buildings <laughs> they're just shooting at buildings and they, they ran out of ammunition. Like, they, they, that's how yeah. it is. Like, they just shot everything they've got. Yep. Shit. They blew their wad. And I think I read a story about Vietnam one time where they started, they were used cluster bombs in Vietnam. And they also dropped them on Laos and Cambodia, because why not? And the pilot was saying, there's nothing down here. It's just some rice fields and a mountain. And they're like, it doesn't matter if the enemy's there or not. Just drop the bomb. And like, well, what am I hitting? Probably nothing. It doesn't matter. 
It's like, what does he mean? They didn't hate the people below. There might not have been any people below. It wasn't hatred and it wasn't fear. It was indifference. Because the whole reason to drop the bombs was so that they could order more. Because every whatever payload they dropped was X amount of dollar bills for Bell Helicopter and all these industries. So they're like, yeah, just just unload on something so we can order more so that we can make a higher profit. To get a profit, they were willing to just indiscriminately bomb whatever, and it might be an innocent village or something, to get a better bottom line. And they didn't, they weren't like scared or or even hate the Vietnamese or the the Laotians or whatever, whoever they were killing. They were just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't even matter. And I think that's the Israeli attitude. Like, just shoot it. Let's shoot this wall. Let's shoot this wall five times. Because then we get to do, it's fun, and we get to order more. And it looks like, oh, I was engaged in combat. Give me a medal, da-da-da. I shot this many times at, at Hamas or whatever. They're just, do you see the battle they filmed of a school? And the Israelis are just, like, shooting holes into a wall and throwing grenades and stuff at nobody. And it sounded like a cool firefight, and it looked good. But, like, one of them, there are three of them. One's in the line of fire for the other two. They're shooting through a wall. They threw, It was so stupid, tactically stupid and everything. But fortunately for them, no one was even there. They're just yelling and shooting and all for the camera. Total waste of ammo. But it's not that, you know, they get to order more. They don't care. And they get to act like they had a firefight in the school when they didn't. They go, they make a big show, they shoot some guns and stuff, and then they go find the weapons they planted there. And go, look at this gun inside a bag. Oh, look, it's in an Anwar school inside plastic. Like, oh, yeah, because in the middle of a war, Hamas is going to hide its guns in a school inside a bag instead of, I don't know, using the guns to shoot the people that invaded. They're going to store them instead. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the tunnels where you can't get them. They're going to put them above ground in a school that you've bombed inside some bags so they can't even quickly go use them. Right? They were definitely planted there by the Israelis. They go, aha, see, that's why we shot up the school. There was a gun here. The reality is you blow up a school because you want, you're blowing up all their infrastructure. Schools, hospitals, churches, factories, agriculture, water treatment, everything, you've destroyed it because you want to make it unlivable because you want the Palestinians gone. Do they have any anti-air missiles, the Palestinians, like Stinger, Stinger, Stinger missiles, for example? There, Because I think if they shot the first... I, they have a couple cornets, so they might be able to hit a helicopter, but you could never hit a jet. No, they have nothing like... They don't have an anti-air defense system with radar and stuff, no. If you're talking about like a, a shoulder-held Stinger man pad... Uh, Maybe one or two. It's hard. That's that's hard to build. I hope Egypt sh shoots down one plane by mistake because all these Zionists will just turn around and run the other way because that's what they depend on. Oh, the, yeah, I know. If the Air Force, if they lost one plane, 
they'd quit they would quit doing sorties because they're fucking cowards all of them yep that's what happened in syria syria shot two of them shot one down and killed both people and uh damaged the other one and forced it to land and that was the end of raids in latakia now they still they'll go up to the mediterranean and shoot all the way across at the airports in damascus and stuff but they will not go into syria anymore because it's within range of their air defense system because the russians are in latakia right they have a base there but it's a big area i mean they could go they could go through Afrin. ISIS is there. But they will not go. They won't go into Dara. They won't go into Hama. They won't go into Syria. They will go up to the border and fire from there. That's what they do. If they enter Syria, they are within range of S-300s. They have the, the Bukin M1. They might have the M2 now. I'm not sure. The Pansia. So they have a lot of air defense, mostly for incoming missiles, including ballistic missiles, Delilah, Popeye, gliders, all the stuff Israel has. But um, it's that air-to-ground missile, uh, that supersonic that Israel uses that's been the most effective. But you have to have a jet go up there and fire it. And if the jet gets too close to the Syrian border, Syria will shoot it down or try to. At least they have a chance to. And because they tagged two Israeli F-16s that America paid for and built, they quit entering the territory. Cowards. Yeah. And the the thing is, you can see also in the videos that Hamas produced, that Israel, the Zionist soldiers are so unprofessional. No formation, no nothing, no covering. Like, they just stand there until they're... It's fun, it's fun and games until they're shot. You know, I mean, like, oh, the, it is shocking to see the lack of discipline and tactics. Shocking. They look like a SWAT team or something. Are you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there in tents and stuff. Hamas was able to pop up from a tunnel in the dirt and film them in their tents, you know, goofing around. Uh, and they planted explosives around them. And they killed 10 of them that day. They said 60, but I think it was more like 10. And who knows how many they injured, though. But man, if Hamas had proper weapons, you know, they had an M60 machine gun or something, they could have just, like, in a line, just mowed down all the Israelis there. And if they would duck behind a wall or whatever, it wouldn't matter because that caliber will go right through that. Just do, 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 get them all. Is that a 50 cal, right? Yeah. Or if they had proper drones instead of these little commercial things, you can see the ones where they drop grenades in their positions. Uh, I mean, it's like, man, just four feet to the left and you could have gotten like eight of them at once. Israel's so lucky. They're really lucky that Hamas doesn't have any in-laws or javelins because all those tanks would be gone. All of them. At that range, they can do it. You know, Hezbollah has the, the cornet, which is more of a, a distance uh, anti-tank personnel. In urban warfare, it wouldn't matter. Like The, the RPG-7 and stuff's pretty good, but it doesn't have the armor-piercing power is the problem. It's a small flare, it's portable, it's good for urban warfare. 
as good at hitting infantry even, but or like vehicles, like jeeps and things. But the tank, the Maracaba, is the armor is just a little bit too much for a rocket-propelled grenade. Uh, if they just had something a little bit better, all those tanks are sitting ducks. They hit them all the time. It just doesn't go all the way through. You see the little red triangle videos, and they always stop with the explosion. They don't show you afterward that the tank's still moving around, you know, most of the time. But they are tagging them. What do you I'm think? Sure the guys inside got their bell rung. <laughs> yes. What What do you think that scenarios of like other countries being involved in this war, like other big countries like Jordan, Egypt, or like even the Lebanese Hezbollah? Or even Iran, like I don't know. What do you think? Nah, the Yemen is. I mean, the Yemen is seizing ships, and they've shot missiles or attempted to. You know, it forces them to to waste Iron Dome munition to deal with it. Although the U.S. intercepted some of them, but seizing boats, you know, it's something. It's better than nothing. They they're preventing new weapons from arriving. They're hurting them economically every time they seize a ship. Hezbollah is kind of held handicapped with, if you escalate, it's called an escalation ladder. If you go up to rung four or whatever, we're going to blow up Beirut. If you, if you attack Haifa with tons of missiles, then we're going to attack one of your cities. So it's kind of like, don't escalate. Or will escalate. And they're doing tit for tat shots at communication towers and now and then Hezbollah will hit a tank or and then Israel will fire back at their stuff, but they're not carpet bombing cities or Hezbollah has like a hundred and fifty thousand missiles. If they wanted to make a Israeli outpost or settlement disappear, they could. But then Israel would use its air force to go bomb civilians in Lebanon. And note that. Hezbollah takes out a military base, Israel will take out a civilian's town or city. They actually And so they're kind of like, if you start bombing our cities, then we're going to hit all your bases and cities. But is that such a sacrifice, you know? And Hezbollah can easily win a defensive war against Israel. But as far as invading northern Israel, that's much tougher to do because they don't have proper air defense or a, like a navy at all or many things they're an infantry fighting force with a lot of artillery but only the small arms kind uh what what, what do you effective. think what, what do you think trump would do if he's president next year like if the if the conflict is like status quo what what do you think will happen differently God, I hope this is not going on by next year, November. Can you imagine what would be left of Gaza if it, another 12 months of this crap? Uh, I think Ukraine probably going to end in January or February. And that'll be that for NATO. Trump would probably like to pull out of NATO. What he'd do for Israel is whatever Israel asks. I mean, every U.S. president is going to do whatever Israel demands. That's why they get to be president. I mean, he's talking about having Jared Kushner as Secretary of State. 
Duke. Yeah, this guy, you Gaza. Trump sucks on Israel and Palestine. Like, he, he's good on some other stuff. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to shoot looters. Uh, that's a plus. He could have done that. Like, see, the thing is, he can't really say, I'll do this, I'll do that, because he was already president and he didn't do any of those things. Now, will he build more wall? Whatever. They go right through the holes you put in it. Would he get out of the Paris Accord? Yeah, probably. Would he make better trade deals? Definitely, because you can't get worse than Biden. Would he allow drilling? Probably. Pipelines? Yes. He's pro-energy, pro-fossil fuels, lower corporate tax rate. There's some good things about him. Um, way better relations with Russia. Had way, way better relations with North Korea. But when it comes to, like, Iran, he sucks. When it comes to Palestine, he sucks. Um, but I don't know how you could get much worse than an open war and the U.S. is the only one vetoing U.N. resolutions, you know, like, you couldn't get worse than Biden. So, anything but Biden. And and Israel's economy is going like, it's going under now. And uh, mo most of the reservists are actually people who work in the economy and by if, yep. you, if you go if you go down this route the probably the, they would bank be bankrupt by march or something like if you give them more, three more months if i'm well, that's four, what that american welfare is for shit so you the know, american people they got 14 billion from the united states already and that's the thing a lot of their like fighting age males used to be doing something actually productive and now they're not they're <laughs> sitting around Gaza destroying people's stuff and yeah, not doing whatever they used to do. A lot of restaurants are closed. Tourism is basically zero, but it's America paying for it. And this is not a secret. Like, yes, America, you are paying for Israel to murder Palestinians. That's a further drain on hardworking Americans who are living hand to mouth, check to check, and now another chunk of your check goes to Israel again. A lot of it went to Ukraine. What a waste. That's that's why Biden can't get reelected. This giant war in Ukraine, and they lost, and they spent $115 billion. Just pissed that down the toilet. And there's no way, there is absolutely no scenario, nothing they can do to win that war against Russia. Especially after today when Edvitka fell. That's it. Edvitka was like a stronghold between, on the road to Kiev. Right? Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Shit, they took it. It is. And it, well, it was like two parts. There was like this industrial area. That was really the harder nut to crack that it, that uh, Russia has taken, and then there was the sort of the citadel part of the city. They'll just artillery that into Swiss cheese, but the the hardest was Bakhmut. It had and Solidar. They had the salt mines and all the underground network and things you couldn't take out with artillery. It's so deep underground, you had the. It was the perfect defensive urban warfare Chechen style scenario. 
and Prigozhin sacrificed a lot of guys when they didn't have to. They could have done the Mariupol model, surround it, blockade it, starve them out. They got time. But, yeah, and Avitka's, uh, they they lost the industrial zones today. And Russia now, for the first time, starting to do some big arrow moves where the entire front line attacks simultaneously. I think they will probably do the same in Kyrgyzstan and Zaporozhye very soon. Um, trying to wrap this shit up by Christmas. Zelensky's already talking about negotiating in January. <laughs> Buddy, you missed that opportunity. You have no leverage. This ends when Russia says it ends. Yeah, this guy, man. Yeah, there. Zelensky's a dead man walking. Should have escaped when he could, two years ago. He could still flee, but go live in Miami or whatever. He's really not going to be safe anywhere he goes. He's too recognizable, too. I'm like, yeah, go to Miami. You better stay in your multi-multi-million dollar home because just being outside Miami, <laughs> you're risking your life anyway. It's a lot of crime. Yeah, they're going to lose that one. Russia's going to take all of the Donbass and that land bridge to Crimea. That's just going to be part of the Russian state now. I mean, it already is, but it's going to start getting, it'll be recognized as such soon. Have you heard of the um, the uh, deal between the Russians and the Egyptians? The Egyptians um, will give Russia back the KA-52 engines, helicopter engines, because they're short of it. And then the Russians will not take the rest of the money for um, like an arms deal that they had with Egypt, um, I think a year ago or something. Um, that, that's that, that's um, something that tells us like, are they are, is Russia short on, on, on weapons? That's one thing. And the second thing is... Um, what's the scenario that Egypt will be pulled in this war? Because imagine the people from Gaza just went to Rafah in Egypt, and then what? Then what? You know, how how will Egypt respond to that? It just won't let them cross. The no, Russia's not running out of weapons. What what it was? Why the reason they're making a a weapon sale deal with Egypt is because NATO has run out of 155 millimeter ammunition. And there were only three places they could get it, South Korea, Egypt, and Pakistan. And Pakistan basically said, go fuck yourself. And South Korea in public would not allow them to sell to Ukraine, but what they did is they sold to Poland, who then probably sold or gave it to Ukraine. And in response, Russia bought, that was half a million rounds, Russia bought one million rounds from North Korea. That they didn't need but it was just like oh south korea you're gonna sell half a million rounds to nato when they're almost out well we're gonna buy a million rounds from north korea they don't really need but north korea did need the money and that sets south korea back so they're not going to give any more so the only one left is egypt they're like well if russia can uh they they know the carrot and the stick so like if they give you a carrot we're going to get these engines or whatever then uh, you're not going to sell your 155 millimeter ammo to NATO. 
And if you do, then we're withdrawing from these contracts. And so they're like, we'll give you a better deal, but then you can't do this. So they got it. They're gaining leverage so that they have something to remove if Egypt doesn't comply. You, you see, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes, makes more sense now, I think. And, and with, with people, I was um, following all that because I'm in South Korea and I'm like, where's NATO going to get this? Cause oh, the Japan has it too, but they said, no, we're not so it's like against the rules of their constitution. So, um, yeah, half a million rounds. Like the whole last six months of artillery, that was all South Korean ammo because NATO was dry. And so they were shopping, and Egypt really needs money right now. They have dealing with all these refugees from the Sudanese war, and they've been hurt by the, the uh, lower distribution of grains and things because of the Russian war and because of the lower water levels of the Blue Nile since Ethiopia built a new dam. and. There's the you know RSF and all these groups that it, it's really put a damper on their economy, and uh, they would like to sell ammo. What are they going to use it for? <laughs> they got a surplus. I mean, Egypt has a a very large, I think the second largest military uh, in the Middle East. If you like, I guess Turkey's number one, and then Egypt. And uh, they need, they would really like the cash. So Russia made them a better deal. Did they actually take this this deal, the 155 and the Kimov deal? The 155? No, they didn't. They never gave. They The Pentagon was trying to get them to. And that's why I think, why wouldn't they just do both deals, right? That's how you make the most money. So that's why I, this is my speculation. Russia probably made it conditional that you don't get this deal unless you drop this other deal. That's what I think happened. Hmm. Yeah. Or Egypt's like, maybe we want to hold on to 155 millimeter artillery because Israel flared up. But this was before October 7th. But then again, maybe Egypt knew October 7th was about to happen. <laughs> so who knows? But they didn't sell it. Uh, yeah, there is uh, there is one report of uh, Egyptian intelligence uh, warning uh, Israeli intelligence. Yeah, but only by like a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm th I'm talking about last summer they were trying to get them to do this. So like August. Don't know. I mean, that's something I can dig in. Figure it out. So, Ryan, also, what, what do you think about Egypt flying um, over Ethiopia and bombing the dam? Because the dam is just like um, a national security risk for Egypt, in my opinion. Oh, I don't think that would be smart, man. Like, um, you'd start a war with Ethiopia. Oh, and, and Ethiopia actually has a competent military after mm -hmm. decades of war. <laughs> so, and Egypt cannot sustain a protracted war. Their economy is too broken, and they—they're not so much stronger that they could just go and easily win. And like now, Ethiopia is pretty—it's geographically a nightmare. 
to invade and they're the reason they're the only one of two African states that wasn't conquered. And, uh, I mean, Egypt does have a bigger military, but it's stacked in the wrong, like, brackets of what you'd need. And uh, they well, could not pay. Oh, also, like, yo, we could get, you know, easily, easily get 300, 350,000 soldiers. I'm like, yeah, how long could you pay those guys? A month? Well, is you it, know? Is, isn't the Egyptian military more uh, geared towards internal control? Of yep. their population instead mm-hmm. of uh, external conflict. Dude, Egypt was very nervous, off. man. They had Libya invasion and Al Qaeda and all that shit going on next door. They had the Sudanese civil war right below them between South Sudan and Sudan. Now they have Sudan versus Sudan with the with Hamadi and you know the RSF versus the SAF. Uh, and they were dealing with influx of refugees from both those conflicts with Libya and Sudan and trying not to have that spillover. And they could work with Sudan against Ethiopia if there was a clear winner in Sudan, but there isn't. And so they, they, if they blew up a bridge like that too, I think the UN would come down on them. Like you can't just preemptively go blow up a billion dollar bridge or not bridge excuse me dam on the blue nile uh, yeah it's not like uh, the u.s bombing a uh antibiotics factory in the sudan the u.s can yeah do like that. ethiopia gets half of its electrical production from this dam so it's not going anywhere what they could do is maybe um benefit from that by electricity and surplus and they do need to deal with the water situation and but it needs to be done through political negotiation instead of just going and blowing up the dam like like ethiopia has only filled up three reservoirs when they could do more they're trying to space it out and let the let the nile breathe it's uh Difficult situation. I mean, it is their lake, and that is the origin of where the Blue Nile comes from. So they still have the White Nile, but it has lowered water levels uh, to the point where it's what's the above scarcity? Not it's water insecurity, is that what it's called? Whatever the heavies were, they're on that one. It's pretty bad. So. What to do? Egypt really needs uh, something, some influx of cash so that they can just import the water or import the grains or you know, just buy it from whoever. But, you know, you need something to sell. And that's why they were pretty pressed about selling their 155 millimeter ammo. Hey Ryan, do you see London heading against America? London going against the U.S.? No, because that's um, that's the U.S.'s um, bitch. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) I heard Scott uh, Ritter talking about it. Um, They don't want to sync with it, but um, want to make sure. Like, I don't, I'm I'm not sure what he was talking about. 
I haven't seen him talk about London. I mean, there's protests and stuff in London, but like, nah, they're not. <laughs> they stay close to America. They have to now. They've bitten off more than they can chew in Ukraine. They can't now thumb their nose at the United States, so they're going to be left with their dick in the wind. Uh, uh, I, I can inject a personal opinion on the musings of Scott Ritter. Sometimes he gets excited. And... Yeah. I like him, but he, he did think that China was going to invade Taiwan before the end of the year and a bunch of hype. Yeah, um, I didn't see any evidence of this. So I, was asking you. Um, also, an, I don't think he said this. You're just saying he said it. I think maybe you got it wrong because there's no way London goes against the U.S. No, not um, yeah, it, like he was differentiating like, you know, the government of London and the city of London, right? In a recent interview he had with a Russian, uh, like someone, right? About Armenia. Mm -hmm. And on that interview, uh, they were also talking about uh, Armenia, Turkey, Iran, and um, uh, Gaza, right? Mm -hmm. So um, at some point, um, the lady was saying um, London might have trained Hamas, and uh, Scott uh, Ritter was saying that um, they are now hedging, starting to hedge against America. But mm. he didn't provide any evidence. So I was like, okay. I mean, usually the U.S. pays for all of Israel's needs anyway. But they're not, like London's not even necessary in that equation. But it was Britain well, that abstained on the UN. It's yes. the only only the US voted no and Britain abstained. Everyone else voted yes for a ceasefire. Everyone. Yeah. Like why I mean, abstain? It's gonna fail anyway if the US says no. Yeah, so the they just have they just have to be forced to announce to the world, yes, we're still a bitch. <laughs> like Trump said, the vessel states. Western Europe, but like it's only—I wouldn't uh, call them a vassal state, but they're just look. Britain would be doing all this stuff anyway. They're assholes. They just have to take the silver for once, like and lead from behind. <laughs> like otherwise, it would just be the UK doing it, and the US would be following along. Like they're not forced to do it against their will. They don't have the ability to lead anymore. But trust me, they're still assholes. So, yes, America's just bigger this nowadays, and so they're the bigger asshole. But it's not like the UK is, like, uh, reluctantly being dragged along. They're, they're a bunch of assholes. Always have been. <laughs> um, America, too. Also, I want to ask, um, I saw a tweet, I think, of yours, and you're like, I, uh, I say fuck the globalists every single day, something along those lines. Right. Um, what, what specifically do you not agree with globalism like is it uh, immigration or economic policy uh when people say globalist it just means zionist like when they're talking about the new world order the globalists or the illuminati or the elite or the deep state or what any of those little yeah. things just just say zionist jews you know that's not what they mean now there is the word globalism which is actually has a meaning so if you're saying yeah. globalist versus what well, I'm against that too. I'm for state sovereignty. Like, I don't believe in these giant 
like EU or even the United States. I, I prefer to have a confederacy. I don't I don't think you can just draw a circle around a huge cultural zone and be like, we're all the same. I don't like this at all. I think I want Ireland to be Irish. I want Norway to be Norwegian. I want Saudi Arabia to be Saudi Arabian. Like they can't, you can't have these giant EU-like institutions where all the little smaller states get don't get any decision making. Right. And they're forced to go along with the herd. I'm like, you can't unite unless you actually have a common ideology, culture, probably the same language. Otherwise, it's not going to work. The only reason the U.S. can do act the way it does is because they do have a common language, they do have a common culture, and it's still on shaky ground. And then they still do have 50 states, which are allowed to make, uh, which, which did try to separate more than once. You know, and and obviously there's a giant civil war, but they're held together because they all see the same TV shows and things. That's where the common language comes in. They all see the same government propaganda, whereas that's not going to work in the EU. I mean, even well, in the EU, uh, um, no, uh, Biden, no, well, uh, they like to say diversity is our strength, but it's actually a, a part of a divide and conquer strategy, and it's not mm -hmm. a strength. No, diversity is not a strength. Diversity of opinion is good, but when they mean diversity, just meaning what? A bunch of different, like, ethnic tribalism and shit. Stuff where it just pig-headedness. No, no. doesn't work. It's worse when they try to force it. What's the point? Oh, look, we got this many women or Mexicans in the company. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. What happens is you start, you get rid of the merit system and you start divvying out positions and accreditation based on sex or ethnicity or whatever, and people who are not qualified get hired over others, and the system falls apart because you have people where they don't belong or people in over their heads, and it fails. And the other thing is accreditation doesn't matter anymore. It's getting to the point right now with U.S. colleges for undergrad, even if you went to fucking Harvard or whatever, nobody cares because the degree doesn't mean anything because you hand them out to whoever. Like If it's not a straight white guy, uh, then I don't know whether you earned your degree or you just were given one because you are the right kind of category. Yeah, they went against On the flip side, if it is a straight white male from Harvard or something, I know that motherfucker is solid because he had to be the very best. Otherwise, uh, you never, you know, you have to wait till all the other categories are full before you even had a chance. Yeah, now, like, so dumb. You can just say or pretend to be something else. To like get a, a um, promotion or something. Yeah, a lot of people pretend to be gay because you know how can you prove you're not? You know, they'll do whatever to to be part of a quote unquote diversity so that they can be promoted faster. Maybe like you know with ESG that ties in with all of this. Do you think it's directly linked to BlackRock and 
those companies. I couldn't make out what you said. I'm sorry. Um, it sounds like there's stuff going on in the background where you are. Maybe use a microphone instead of speaker. Barg, did you understand? Did you ask about PTSD or something? Can you hear me? Sorry. Hello? Uh, yeah, I hear you. I couldn't understand it. I was talking about ESG. Like environment, social, and oh, ESGs, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Do you think it's directly tied to BlackRock or some somebody else or those companies? Well, a lot of it's Larry Fink, but part of this psychotic environmentalism and woke diversity shit is just a painted pig. It's where. You have a publicly like some sort of moral pontification, or oh, we're doing it for the planet, or for the da, 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 the fight racism, or some unequivocal good that you can't possibly argue with. Like, who wants to destroy the Earth? Nobody. But in reality, you just want to control carbon credits and monopolize resources for anything to do with the agriculture or industry because it's related to you know these byproducts of these gases. So you can limit who can do what. How who gets what allotments? You get to control distribution. You get to control energy. You get to decide whether or not you have nuclear power. You get to decide whether or not you have a plastic or paper straw, and it it gives you the power to limit production and and can have monopolies, and that's what they aim at is having monopolies, local monopolies. We call them oligopolies. Um, over key industries under the guise of protecting the planet or LGBTQ or whatever. But <laughs> the reality is, yeah, to break it. And like, how do you they don't give a fuck it? about the planet. Because, you know, BlackRock alone um, manages like 10 trillion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, they have like a the largest minority share in just about everything. But it isn't that like they're investing other people's money. That's it's not they don't own it. It's like through BlackRock, and BlackRock is a conglomeration of a bunch of different hedge funds and other things that park their money there which gets invested into shares of company A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And yeah, Vanguard and BlackRock are in everything. I mean, they have enough shares that they could say we're going to walk away unless. So if it's in social media, they could easily say, get rid of so-and-so or we're going to sell off this many shares. And it's easier for them to just get rid of so-and-so. And these companies comply. They have to go woke. And what's sad is they're losing money. Look at Disney, for example. They're losing money by pushing this ideology that's absolutely toxic and everybody hates. But they're doing it. Part of that, and specifically, is Bob Iger. He is super woke. He ruined Marvel. They ruined Star Wars. 
they're ruining their princess movies. Uh, no one's going to the Disney parks anymore. They pissed off all the Republicans, which is half the country. Uh, they've just been on a diet downward spiral. In fact, Varg, this would be a good time for us to to promote our anti-Disney shirt we made. The Disney pedophile oh, thing. Yes. Because uh, Elon yes, hates uh, Bob anti, Iger, so yeah. Antineocon.com. No, no, antineocon.myshopify.com. Is that the you just go to ancreport.com, click on shop. And uh, anti-neocon.myshopify.com. Yeah. Right. Or ancreport.com, click on the shop tab. And it's got uh, uh, some good anti Disney yep. stuff. I'll just um, post it in the main. So I need to take a, a screenshot of some of that gear so Elon Musk can see it. <laughs> like, we were anti Disney before it was cool. Brian, have you seen The Punisher by, by Marvel? Are you talking about Netflix or the comic book or the movies? Um, not sure. It's made by Marvel. I think it's on Netflix. I know who the Punisher is, and I've seen all his That's stuff. You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with um. Yeah, I've seen John it. Yeah. Um. Just kind of small like... to play the Punisher, but he did a good job acting yeah, wise. Um. But again, to the point, like um, Disney gone so low. Remember Lewis and that like fat guy who encouraged him before he killed him. It's like, oh, don't don't read anything online. Um, the internet is controlled by the Jews. Something like that. You know, Punisher talked about the Phoenix program and talked about Afghan heroin and all because the Punisher comic book talks about that kind of stuff, and they had that on Netflix. But that was seven years ago. Since Iger's gotten hold of Disney, it has gone in the toilet. I yeah, I really like the first season because um, mm -hmm. um, showed like the masses what the CIA did. Right. Like, That's cool seven years like, ago. Connected to um, Abu Ghraib or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but it's uh, changed. Like slight detour uh the disney shirt is not in the store by the way uh because so they got canceled by teasley and we have to do the thing again fuck okay oh well, yeah we'll make well, it again uh, it's on yeah, it's on the yeah, other I'll... store the unpublic one yeah but let's not yeah let's just yeah keep that secret talk about the inner workings of this yeah. at all how you get canceled? Add stop anti-Semitism on Twitter. Make me the anti-Semite of the week. And they set up a website and said, everybody go to this website and contact this store and tell them to cancel Ryan Dawson for uh, Jew hating. I'm like, none of my stuff oh. is Jew hating. I had a boycott Israel shirt, which is a country, well, not an ethnic group. Well, Ryan, uh, did you see the Lee Fang story that was going around yesterday? No. Okay, so basically, Lee Fang and this guy called Jack Knowlton, 
or something. I uh, got access to one of these Zionist WhatsApp groups where leaders from big tech and finance and universities and uh, the Israeli government all collude to get people fired uh, to push uh, Hasbara. And uh, they wrote a huge article about it uh, that you can read. I posted it on uh, uh, on my channel, Base Travel, yesterday. It's uh, it's amazing because <laughs> you forward that like to this... our channel. Like that's exactly yeah. what I thought was going on. Yes, they had like a WhatsApp group or something, and they're just like, "Fire this guy, cancel that guy, cancel this girl." So they do. Yeah, and and uh, well, the the best part of the the story is that uh, they were still in the group after they asked the leader of the group for a comment for the story. So they even have the story where the leader is going, hey, all important message. In the past two days, two journalists, one named Jack Paulson and another named Lee, are trying to have an anti-Semi portrait of our activity to support Israel and reaching out to our members. Please ignore them and do not cooperate. So they even got like the, <laughs> Hey, we've been found out. Message, <laughs> and then, the, yeah, and then they were kicked out of the group because they probably went through their member list and went like, "Oh, who's not supposed to be here?" Uh, but right. it was beautiful. It's a great story. Uh, it's pretty long though, and uh, I wish they had done it anonymously so they didn't know who to kick out of the group. <laughs> well, I, I actually do think they did. Mm. Uh, but uh, but uh, well, uh, I, they were probably able to deduce that uh, those like, whatever. I wonder if Shapiro uh, was in the group. <laughs> uh, no, it was. This was like mostly like people with uh, with uh, like real influence. And mm. oh, uh, one of the funny things in the story is that. Uh, they actually tried to send military equipment to Israel for their uh, commando units. Uh, but wow. this isn't the seven, 60s anymore, so they got stopped in customs. Yeah. <laughs> Stranded in Montana and Colorado. Um, so it's against the Logan. They're getting too. sloppy. They're dumb, man. Look at their lies. Look at some of the crap they try to spread on Twitter. The recent stunt well, stripping people and giving them guns and then go, go lay your gun down. Oh, wait, do it again. Well, yeah. Sloppy, sloppy. I was thinking, like, if they are doing that to children on the Internet, what else can they do? Like, what else can people stand up for? Like, if they're not going to stand for children being slaughtered every day, like, they can do anything else and no one has the right to say anything. You know, I mean, they can jab us, they can fucking bomb us with fucking COVID vaccines, whatever. And no one can say anything because you see every day, like, children dying and their hands being amputated and fuck, man. Like, and, and, and then all these The guys, problem like, is people with money aren't seeing this because it's not on TV and that's where they get all their news. Yeah, and it's people with money who can do something about it. Well, uh, like even 
just like just um okay so uh, a lot of stuff is coming out about the vaccine now has there been a huge public outcry and like uh, some kind of congressional hearings to set the record straight to bring the responsible to answer for the no because it's not on tv <laughs> that's simple same with the Sackler family and the Oxycontin. Yes. Why weren't they immediately arrested? No. Well, there was one documentary about it, uh, which I believe ran on Netflix. Opioid Nation or something. Hmm. Or, uh, they did they talk about them? Well, they talked about how they manipulated the medical industry uh too uh i haven't seen the documentary i've only read about the opioid crisis but basically uh, they they can they corrupted the medical profession to make them just give out uh, opiates like it was candy um uh, netflix opioid documentary but yes that was all the sackler family and they're trying to do the same gambit in europe now Showing that they have no remorse for what they did. Painkiller. Mm -hmm. the... Like, my doctor was telling me, I'll take this vaccine and you can mix it with that one. And I told him, like, put the vaccine up your ass, man. I didn't take any vaccines. Fuck them all. And I, I tried to get my friends not to do it. But my friends were like, oh, you're going to get vaccinated anyway if you want to travel. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you and traveling. And mm -hmm. I wanted fuck them. A lot of people took it and took their boosters too, and then still got COVID. They died of the boosters, man. I have I have a friend who got like a fucking brain tumor from the first vaccine. Yeah, it's crazy. That sucks. Yeah, so he survived and stuff, but like he was a healthy guy, like thirty three years old, you know, prime of his life he took it and he suddenly couldn't move and had this all these fucking seizures and shit um and just because he knows people he kind of saved from it but he's on lifetime medication um but other people did not survive man like other people just some got paralyzed some just died straight up hmm. that was one of the things we weren't allowed to talk about yeah. And during the whole COVID season, I was banned from Twitter and everything else. Man, you were born banned, I think, Ryan. <laughs> you were banned from everything, man. It's since uh, at least 2005, yeah. There really was nothing to get banned from before that. Yeah, but well, it tells you a lot of the world, though, that we live in. Well, like, you I can Well, I, I just want to bring some perspective. Like, even when Ryan was on uh, YouTube, it was still shadow banned and hard to find. But on yeah. Twitter now, he's not search banned. He's not shadow banned. There's no de-boosting of his... Yeah, I'm getting uh, like, a thousand a day. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the difference uh, <laughs> it makes because... <laughs> it's huge. Like, imagine if I'd had that the last 20 years. I'd have millions and millions of followers and 
That'd be ridiculous. Imagine if I had had Twitter through the whole Epstein saga. Or Ukraine. Or <laughs> Syria. Or any of this stuff. Or 911. You know, if, if I'd been on Facebook or something back then. Nope. Not sure there was a Facebook back then. And now even the algorithm is um is it's more difficult to have followers on the algorithm because there is a lot of people. Back then, it was easier to get followers and friends and stuff. Yeah, it been like the big fish in a small pond. Da da da. Wasn't allowed. Can't do WhatsApp. Can't do Venmo. Can't do PayPal. Can't do Patreon. Can't do Facebook. Can't do Instagram. Can't do YouTube. Can't do Twitch. Can't do Discord. Shit. Man, you are off the grid. <laughs> it's just like Crumble and Telegram and Twitter, right? And Substack, yeah. And Substack, yeah. Substack's not social media, though. So, yeah. And Rumble's... Yeah, it's Rumble. It's not... Rumble, Telegram, Twitter. If you don't mind me asking, Ryan, um, did they also get your, like, Western bank accounts and stuff? Like, did they just erase you from the records in the West, the Western world? My banks are in Japan. Okay. But are you, are you allowed to do, like, oh, obviously, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious. Like, do you, are you allowed? I'm not going to answer any banking questions. Just say my banks are in Japan. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. They can't reach, they can't fuck with that. Zionists have no influence over Asia yet. Mm. Elon Musk got... admitted that too. All the advertisers were pulled except East Asia, and it was basically East Asia keeping Twitter afloat. And the biggest market in East Asia was Japan, not China. It was the Japanese. Yeah, because they, um, like Andrew Tate was saying that they got all his banks and stuff in the West. So I reckon like they follow the same protocol with everyone. So um, hence the question is, mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy, man. They seized Tate's assets and they even seized cars that weren't even theirs. Like they just owned a percent of it or whatever. And like it helps them sell Bugatti if Andrew Tate goes out there and Bugatti and talks about Bugattis and drives one a couple of days or whatever. Not saying he didn't have a Bugatti, I'm just saying he probably didn't have ten of them. And yeah, they just seized them anyway. I'm like, how are you taking property from somebody's that wasn't fully theirs? Doesn't make any sense. But they did. Well, uh Ryan, I will not have you denigrating the Romanian justice system. Uh, that is an upstanding, uh, clean... Dicot, come on. They really have nothing better to do. Like, those guys are kind of goofballs. Like, they didn't traffic anybody. They sure as fuck didn't rape anybody. There's the pussy being thrown at them every day. They didn't... They, like, helped... TikTokers, which we all know is an on-ramp to OnlyFans, get more revenue. And they didn't even live with them or anything. They're in a separate house and it's just whole thing stupid. And that one of their accusers is a serial liar that just does this 
guy to guy to guy. And McGavy is sick. We know why they were targeted, or Russell Brand, or or like they do this all the time. Julian Assange, Donald Trump. They'll be like, "You rapist!" Or, or, or. The other, they couldn't do the race thing since they're half black. It wouldn't make sense. But that's what they tried to do to Joe Rogan. Like when Joe Rogan came out against COVID and said he had ivermectin, they called him racist. And then they found, I guess, AI come through years worth of like three or four hour long podcast to where he said the word nigger. I think quoting a comedian, Richard Pryor, I think it was probably he says that word a lot. And it wasn't at any, it wasn't racist or anything, but like you can't say that word because you're just not allowed to say that word under any other context. Like, yes, you can. <laughs> you're not talking, you're not saying it to someone. You're whatever. You could be in a I song. Think it was the name of an album. Could have been the name of an album, whatever. You know, he's not, he's not calling someone a nigger. That's the point. He's just saying the word. Big deal. He's not a racist. Everybody knows that. Now, Rogan could survive that because he works in an industry of like all these different UFC fighters and da da da. da. He's, he's not a racist. But, other people, you know, if they're not famous and you say that about them, they will lose their job or get thrown out of school. Like, that kind of crap works. The accusation of racism is so horrible, as is rape. And in my mind, being a rapist is way worse than being a racist. But in our culture, they're basically the same. Um, it's way easier to call someone a racist, though, because if you call somebody a rapist, then you need someone who got raped. You need someone to say, yeah, I'm the victim. But if you call someone a racist, no one needs to be the victim. It's just like a thing in their head, a belief. You don't even need someone that suffered from it. They just are this evil thing. And you can cancel them. And they did, they did that to Jeremy Corbyn, who I don't like at all. But he's not a racist. And they kept calling him anti-Semitic. And it worked. They wrecked him. Yeah, the three the three accusations. Rapist, anti-Semitic, and what's the third one? I don't know. Race, um, rapist, racist, anti-Semitic. Yeah, the three Sexism, things. yeah. Like misogynist or something. <laughs> it's, yeah, misogynist. Fuck. I guess anti-gay could be another one. I don't know. You don't really well, see that one used. But most gays are anti-straight, so I don't understand. Uh, a lot of people are just anti-anything normative. That's why they have blue hair and stuff, because it's not normal. They just want to be anything that isn't normative. You know, the, the thing, the thing that gets is the blue-haired queer for Palestine. I'm like, if you go to Gaza, you know what they will do to you? <laughs> I'm like, come on. Fuck queer for Palestine. What the fuck, man? Just shut up and sit in the corner. They're not... They don't care about Palestine. They're just anti-America. And they just identify with whatever in their head is the loser. So when in the whole Syrian conflict, they sided with ISIS because 
they're the smaller party versus the government. And with Russia and Ukraine, they side with Ukraine because they're the loser. And so, with, but with Israel, Palestine, they do side with Palestine, but not because they care about Palestinians. It's because America supports Israel. They hate America. They hate capitalism. They hate white people. They hate whatever that they put in the winner category. I'm not saying all those things are winners. I'm just saying that's what they think. They identify with losers. And that's how you get this weird thing with somebody with blue hair and gay and loves Palestine and they don't love you back, most likely. Yeah, they tarnish like they, they in my when I see that, I'm like, shut up, man. Like you're just tarnishing the whole cause. The, the cause is pure, you know, like just stay away from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's um it's kind of amazing to me how um how these people support Palestine, to be honest. I'm like, I understand. College leftists just need a cause. But it it doesn't fit with principles. And the reason I say they don't care about Palestinians, they're like, well, how do you know? Maybe they do. No, they don't care about the dead babies and stuff because you don't ever hear them pipe up about the civil war in Sudan. They didn't say anything about Burkina Faso. They didn't say anything about the DRC. They're not talking about Burma because these are all you know, African on African or Arab on Arab or whatever. There's no white versus brown. And what makes Israel versus Palestine exciting is it's white versus brown. And the whole thing is they hate whitey. Like, it is a winner-loser psychology. It's not about killing kids or wrong. They didn't say shit when hundreds of thousands of kids, not thousands, Hundreds of thousands of kids were starving in Yemen or Iraq. Almost a million in Iraq. They didn't care. And those little babies were like skeletons and fading away and dying in Yemen during that whole conflict with Saudi Arabia. I talked about it. Iraq, same thing. Throughout all those sanctions, they didn't say shit. They don't care. They don't care about North Africa right now. There's... 700 people got killed in Sudan last month, just shot. They don't care. So they're not acting because they have a sense of justice and, you know, it's wrong to kill people. They only care about this one topic because it lets them exercise their angst and rage against what they really hate, which is the United States. But the United States Democratic Party is actually supporting them. How? Why? The Democrats have always supported war. Democrats started World War One. They started World War Two. They started the Korean War. And they started the Vietnam War. Those are the four largest wars we've had in that century. All Democrats. See, like, people who are, like, 20-something years old, history starts in the year 2000 with George Bush, and they think Republicans are the warmongers. That was an exceptional thing, Bush going into Iraq. And everyone hated him for it. Normally, it is the Democrats starting the war. They started the war in Syria. They invaded Libya. 
all that. That Ukraine, that's Biden. Like it's all Democrats. It's always been them. It's just the Bush dynasty that had the two Iraq wars in Afghanistan. Hmm. Usually it's the conservatives that want a smaller government, don't want to disrupt big business. War is bad for business. Like they've always been the the party less likely to go to war. What do you think are the chances Vietnam? What do you think are the chances of um like countries giving more advanced weapons to Hamas? For example, if they do another ceasefire, um, smuggle weapons inside from I don't know from tunnels through Egypt or like through the sea or something. Is that is that, is that something possible at, at this stage? Do you think they can't smuggle in much more than ammo and explosive powder or something like? What exactly would you like them to smuggle in from, like, Armor I'd PC like them to have some javelins and in-laws, but from where, you know? Hmm. I'd love for them to have an S-500 system. Good luck getting that in a tunnel, you know? Like, yeah, let's just give them a, what would be nice, an Apache attack helicopter. That'd be pretty awesome, but there isn't any fucking way to get that to Gaza. Mm. Like heat-seeking missiles, for example, like Hellfire missiles that can be fired from an a man pad, like ten of them, like not 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 too many, just I don't know, something like that. Those two match, but you could get um, small arms, sure. Better RPGs. I I'd like for them to have basic shit like body armor and drones and stuff. But it's very hard to get anything in and out of Gaza. They need bottles of water, food, like really basic things. It sucks. Their water is so dirty that like the hostages that were returned to Israel all had traces of these microbes that shouldn't exist. They're trying to wipe out that entire population and people get these diseases and the hospitals are broken stuff that would be preventable if you catch it early will be a death sentence without a hospital and they'll say oh well you gotta allow medical you know gotta go to egypt now and now they've permanently removed the palestinians i don't think egypt would allow that though They've already taken in people for medical reasons. Sucks. Something's got to give. Yeah. I don't see a savior coming. It's really up to Hamas to keep killing Israeli soldiers and make it unworth it to maintain the occupation there. Yeah. But yeah, Palestinians are very resilient. Uh, they're the most resilient on the planet, but at the same time, they're humans and they want to live. So at some point, you know, these people would break under all this. Like, you can't imagine how horrible it is. Like I told you, I think the other t- the other day I was mentioning there's a friend of mine, his uh, aunt and his all his cousins died in a, in one bombing. 
like 13 of them died in one day and mm. just he's just telling me like well if you hear hear him speak he's so composed but you can you can imagine man how how these people are strong but at the end of the day they're humans like they want to live you know what i mean it's not it's not easy to just get bombed and die and people would stay and hold their ground like like they're doing now for 66 days it's it's amazing to me actually that they did not storm the egyptian border un until now it just machine gun them down you know like they need to let the trucks in and the flotillas in and let real aid get to gaza minimal they can't get a ceasefire well maybe hamas would just publicly execute a hostage a day who knows israel how, doesn't care but how, how will that uh, make them look in the public's eye like when they kill a hostage or like what well, the conditions are allow aid in or lose a hostage we're trading one life for a million yeah i don't think netanyahu gives a fuck he's a criminal man He's he's not gonna give a shit about yeah, but hostage. make him make that public decision so that the Israeli public can say what the fuck we had a chance to get our hostage back, and you decided to sacrifice him. Yeah, I guess so. It's tough. Anyway, it's late here, so I'm gonna bounce. Do a walk and talk tomorrow. Cool. Thanks, Ryan, for your time today. Peace. Later. See you.